The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Save our wildlife. Save the environment. Save our world. It all starts with a little knowledge. Welcome to Our Wild World with L.A. Weiss. There is so much that's being done and can be done with help from specialists and marginalized community groups to you. We'll discuss the future of Africa, the wildlife, and the people, and show you how it affects the entire planet. Now, here is Ellie Weiss from the Wild Eyes Foundation. Good morning and happy holidays from our wild world to you. And it's that time of year. I'm talking to you from a snowy uh, Rocky Mountain, Colorado day. And uh, it's getting in the mood for a white Christmas. And that brings the time of year where people start thinking about, oh, the kind of future we'd like to have, what we would like to do, the kind of world we would like to have. And for me, that's the kind of wild world I'd like to see continue. Um, this is the time where we think about giving back, uh, giving forward, paying it forward to the good we see around us, spreading that good spirit and spreading our good feelings around. So today I'm going to tell you about a few of the critical conservation projects that Wild Eyes is, is involved in on the ground, uh, from mitigating conflicts between lions elephants and people, to disease research, which affects the health of all of us, no matter where we are on the planet. These various aspects of conservation impact the health of our ecosystems for both you, me, and our wildlife in any given area. There are many ways you can be involved and be involved in Wild Eyes, from sponsoring a student to shopping our Wild Eyes store, uh, or supporting a specific project, some of which we've talked about, and more of which I'm going to talk about today. All of this and your support is critical to keeping these projects going and keeping our world wild. So that's why I'm calling to you from Our Wild World to let you know a little bit of what's going on. Uh, you can learn more about the projects we'll cover today by visiting our website at www.wildeyes.org or um, send me an email at w-i-l-d-i-z-e at wildeyes.org or you can call in and the number will be on the screen or uh, during the commercial break. So right now I'd like to um, get you in the spirit of some of what's going on in Africa through some of the projects that we're working on. So I'm going to start down in the southwest corner and uh, talk about some of the work we're doing in Botswana to save lions. Uh, lions, uh, as I talked about before, are threatened. They're declining. Uh, our wild world is losing its iconic uh, megafauna, the lion. What kind of a world will we have when all we can 
the only place we'll see a lion is on the MGM screen before watching our movie or um, an armchair safari. 50 years ago, there were 450,000 lions across their wild range in Africa. Today, it's assumed there are less than 23,000. That's a huge drop. So next time you see that lion, think about that. Uh, don't you think it's important that they exist in the wild, not only for their aesthetic beauty, um, but for the uh, the critical function they perform in the ecosystem? They are one of the apex predators. The uh, African savanna, uh, all the places we've been talking about, like last week in terms of going on the safari or the places you'd like to visit and see this wildlife, the big deal to see is the big five. And one of those is the lion. What would it be like to go to Africa and see the big four, to not ever see a lion in the wild again? So we're doing some work that helps mitigate be, uh, lion livestock and people conflict. We're, uh, one of the biggest projects we're working on that's received a lot of attention is called Condition Taste Aversion, otherwise known as CTA. We're doing that work in Botswana, hopefully up in Kenya. And it's already been, uh, we've been associated and affiliated with some of the work going on here in the U.S. So let me back up a second and tell you what it is. Um, I'm sure we've all had that experience, or many of us have had that experience, where we've eaten something or drunk something that made us feel not so good, um, upset our stomach. It just triggered everything in our body that says, I can never eat that again. For me, it's tequila. For some people, it's that chicken burrito they got at the convenience store. For lions, it's bad beef. So lions have gotten into eating cattle in pastoralist areas because it's easy prey. Cattle have no ecology of fear, which is what we call um, that behavioral uh, pattern of wildlife to know when a predator is around. Cattle being domesticated and kept in herds and very well protected by people don't quite have the same instincts until it's a little too late to um, understand the behaviors of the wildlife around them. So they become pretty easy targets for lions, despite some of the work that we're doing called, uh, some of it is called Building a Better Boma. Another project is called Lion Guardians. Another project out there is called Living with Lions. What all of these have in common is not only educating uh, the people who have to live in close concert and conflict with lions uh, and understanding what that conflict is, loss of livestock, which is a very big deal. Um, it can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars a year or if you only have five cattle and uh, you lose one to a lion, that makes a big dent in your economic future. So we're not only working with understanding what lions and the economic benefit mean to people and what that conflict means to people, but what the conflict means to lions. The more we disrupt the social pattern and behavior systems of lions, the less lions are able to rebound from these disruptions and combine that and add that to habitat loss, um, being pushed into ever smaller and smaller ranges due to increased human population, increased agriculture, and climate change, shifting patterns of water, which is what the wildlife follows, the prey species. 
So when lions can't find what they need to eat and what's handy is a cow, then you, you're starting to change lion behavior toward eating domestic livestock. So what condition taste inversion does is we find a group of lions, confirmed cattle killers, and we uh, do a bit of a protocol where we introduce a baited beef that is uh, now toxic to them. It's not poisoned. It doesn't kill them. It's a simple pharmaceutical veterinary chemical that's also used in food-grade products and uh, cancer treatments and deworming called thiabenazole. And we treat a ground-up beef with this thiabenazole, and we wrap it up in a great little cowhide package. So uh, it looks and smells just like a cow on the outside. doesn't really matter what's on the outside because the predator is triggered by the prey, the running, the smell, the situation that uh, the animal is in. So it's not so much what's on the inside of the animal that the predator is going for. It's triggered by the outside package of that animal. So we treat a, a cow, yes, a dead cow at this point, uh, with these thiabenazole bait packs and we give the lion uh, an opportunity to eat this and it eats it and chugs it down and thinks, wow, that's just great. And then within a little uh, time, an hour or so, his tummy starts to get a little upset. They don't get uh, foaming at the mouth sick. They don't keel over. There's no convulsions. It's just a good, bad tummy ache. So the next time you present a beef bait or a cow to that lion, it takes one look at it and says, I don't think so. Last time I ate that, I got a really bad stomach ache. So we're helping to avert this conflict uh, in triggering this hardwired mammalian response to that prevents us, lions, people, we're all mammals, from eating something that is toxic. So once we've eaten that toxic thing and it's made it made us sick, we have a tendency not to go back to it. Um, yes, you can overcome this conditioning, and a lot of this research was done through cancer research and uh, radiation treatments and understanding how kids, once they got or cancer patients got out of cancer treatment, their favorite food suddenly became made them ill, and they were relating it to the food rather than to the radiation treatment. So it's been an interesting study. Uh, it was a critical piece of information to understand. So we took that, uh, the scientists that we're working with, Wild Eyes is working with, we took that a step further to see if we could trigger that hardwired response in lions. And we've been successful. We did our trial uh, air, uh, project in Botswana in 20. 10, no, 2011, and uh, in, in a successful captive reserve, um, and these are captive lions. They're not domesticated. They're not zoo lions. They're wild. They just can't roam free because they were cattle killers. So we successfully treated seven of these lions, and we averted them to beef. Unfortunately, the downside is none of these lions could be released, so we're moving on to what we call our wild trials. And heading into Botswana, uh, probably early next year to work on a, a wild population of lions and work on the condition taste aversion. Closer to home, the condition taste aversion has been run on, uh, mountain lions. It's some new projects that we're working on in Mexico, Arizona, and, uh, New Mexico. 
where we are averting mountain lions to eating bighorn sheep. Uh, bighorn sheep are an endangered species, and there is a lot of work to go about reintroducing them into their former habitat. Well, that same habitat is uh, being lived in and used by wild, uh, mountain lions. And mountain lions do like bighorn sheep in this, uh, in some of these areas. They also eat deer and whatever other smaller prey they can take down. But when you've got one, mountain lions are not threatened at this point because we really don't know how many there are, but we do know bighorn sheep are threatened. So we don't want our mountain lions killing our bighorn sheep, so we are averting them to bighorn sheep. It's also been success, successfully accomplished with gray wolves. Uh, the Mexican Wolf Reintroductory Project, Australian Quolls, Raccoons, and Ravens. So when we get back from the break, we're going to move on to some of the other projects. But if you're interested in helping us support and save lions, then we can certainly use your support. And it's that time of year where we give and we give back. So you can certainly make a donation to Wild Eyes. Check out our website at wildeyes.org choose from a variety of projects we've got an award-winning website that's a lot of fun to go through read about some of the projects and the condition taste aversion work that we're doing that we hopefully will be spreading into kenya but it needs your help lions need your help so when you're thinking of giving gifts this year and uh, would like to think a little bit larger, a little more globally, then think of giving back to lions, and you can support Wild Eyes Foundation. So visit our website, www.wildeyes.org, and learn more about our sub-Saharan lion conservation projects and condition taste aversion. When we get back from the break, I'll tell you about some more projects. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Wildlife. No wild, no life. Big, scary, beautiful. Predators are in danger. Without them, our rivers dry up. Our forests don't grow. Our communities go hungry. Our biodiversity crumbles. Wildlife drives our planet's ecosystems. The wild effect. It's in our hands. Ellie founded Wild Eyes Foundation because she loves Africa and to remind us that there are more harmonious and less destructive ways to live on our planet. She does this so we may be able to look inside ourselves and understand the deeper partnerships that connect us all and to take responsibility for our lives and our Earth. Africa is one of our last remaining wild places and the origins of humanity. It is irreplaceable. Africa is at a crossroads, on the brink of possibilities. We can choose to let its wildlife be lost forever, or we can help save it. In Africa, it is still possible to make a difference. Visit us at www.wildeyes.org to learn how you can make a difference. We only have one Earth. If we don't care, who will? W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G Streaming live The leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Ellie Weiss and Our Wild World 
We want to hear from you. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd rather send us an email, please send it to wildeyes at wildeyes.org. That's W-I-L-D-I-Z-E at W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. Now, back to our wild world. And here we are today talking about some of the ways that you can give back and help our wild world. And I'm not talking just about what happens in Africa, because what talks, what happens in Africa eventually has an effect on us here. And that what we do here, uh, in terms of thinking globally and acting locally does have an effect on the larger world. Uh, we watch a lot of, uh, wildlife TV and that's great. It brings it into our living room. Uh, in an unprecedented way that we never got to see this kind of behavior before. But watching TV and sitting in the living room, um, and, okay, I'm just going to come out and say it, it doesn't really do anything for wildlife. What we need to do is get involved, and we need to save this 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 beautiful planet, Earth, so that we all have an incredible place to live. Uh, the spirituality of this time of year, everybody gets in a mood that starts thinking a bit bigger than our daily lives and a bit bigger than um, our world here. So I'm asking you to think a little bit about our wild world and give back to that today. Um, I'm talking about some of the projects that Wild Eyes has funded. And without your help, that means the public, we can't do the kind of work that we do. So there's plenty of people like me out there. And there's a lot of incredible projects. But what we all need is the most important component, and that is you. We need you to be aware. We need you to think about this. We need you to care. And um, if you can't get out there and do this, whether it's volunteering a safari or taking a safari of your own, um, then at least read about it, research, tweet, share. But it does come down to financials, and I've talked about that on some of our previous shows. Without the help of dedicated and donors like you, people who want to support and follow their passion and turn that passion into care, then it's very difficult for us to do the kind of work we do because it does take money. So I'm asking you to give today. Uh, you can visit our website at www.wildeyes.org and make that end-of-year contribution if you've got a little bit to spare. Any little bit helps. We've got memberships. We've got our store. We've got uh, over 30 projects that you can support. Anywhere from um, disease research to education to women's groups to community groups to health uh, to wildlife protecting sp- specific species. So before the break, I talked about some of the lion work we're doing. You can go to our website and find out more about that. Next project uh, we're going to move to, uh, I started out in Botswana. But uh, the way Wild Eyes works is we sort of join together concepts of conservation that will help more than just one thing. We're a small organization. We don't have a huge budget. Every little bit helps. But the way we work is we find something that works in one place, and how does it affect its nearby neighbors? 
So everybody in the community, we all understand how our neighborhood affects us. So we try to work in a neighborhood type of way. So working with lions uh, and conflict mitigation in Botswana leads us very closely up into Zimbabwe. Um, a lot of things that have been going on is uh, an increase in, we've all noticed it, an increase in disease outbreaks and uh, the spread of disease. Uh, we've heard about... Oh, avian flu, swine flu. And a lot of this has to do with the way we are now producing our food. But in Africa, it's, it's facing same issues in the sense that the areas are being pushed closer and closer together between human habitation, livestock, and wildlife, and how disease transmits between these three populations. If we can understand more how that works, then we can provide leaps and bounds of um, help toward preventing, prevention and uh, research and, under, and cure to keep disease such as TB, which is having a bit of a comeback in Africa, from spreading even further. So two of the projects that we work on or work with and have funded, one is called Wild Horizons Wildlife Trust. The other one is Caracal, whom we had guests on the show, Dr. Mark Vandewall and his wife, and co-director Dr. Kathy Alexander, uh, what they work on up there in Botswana in Kasani is just right across the border from the Wild Horizons Wildlife Trust at Victoria Falls. It's about a two-hour drive from each other. So the thing we need to remember is wildlife doesn't stick to one place. Wildlife doesn't necessarily respect a country's borders. Wildlife moves, wildlife migrates, and uh, a lot of the work that we're doing is seeing how wildlife moves from country to country, and if there is such a thing as a or a, a time when a d- disease outbreak happens, um, then we can help track that. So Wild Horizons Wildlife Trust uh, does a lot of research in TB in Cape Buffalo, and the TB is transmitted through the feces. And this feces is, uh, this area is also walked through by livestock, domestic cattle, and they can pick up the TB. And then if they've got TB and then they're slaughtered by a community, then that TB is transmitted. Another, uh, vector animal, so buffalo is a vector animal, and another one is elephant, and another one is mongoose. So we supported some mongoose studies to understand how this mongoose population was picking up TB, that's tuberculosis, and transmitting it. Mongoose uh, work with our habitats and their wild habitats. A lot of times we think we are having the impact on wildlife by building and remodeling their living room. But there are times and places where this wildlife uses uh, what we've built, such as lodges or our uh, waste management systems, pit latrines, um, landfills, dumps, uh, buried trenches. So how we manage our waste management, which is not only our human waste but our consumables, does have a big effect on the wildlife that uses these areas as a crossover and a border between the wild uh, habitat and the, let's call it developed habitat of what people use. So mongoose travel between lodges 
and wildlife and their behavior changes when they're in a secure place like uh, a lodge. And you can find out more about this by visiting our website at www.wildeyes.org and looking up the Caracal Projects at C-A-R-A-C-A-L, named after the cat, the wild cat. And it's a biodiversity center. And you can listen to the episode that we had with Dr. Vanderwall and Kathy. Uh, Alexander and learn more about this mongoose project. So as a result of three years worth of study and the published papers on the mongoose project and understanding where the disease was coming from, we realized that that disease was coming from more than just uh, pit latrines, human waste, sanitation issues. It was getting into the water. So as we all know, and I talked about a little bit before, when the water happens and all water on our planet eventually ends up in the ocean, comes from the ocean back into the sky, comes back down in terms of rain clouds, cloud forest. It's an ecosystem. It's a global ecosystem and it's always moving. It's not static. It's always putting out the things we need, those uh, those unpaid for services that our planet provides for us. So when the water gets into, uh, let's say, a diseased garbage pit and runs that down through the um, the washes in the desert into the rivers, well, that starts affecting and polluting some of the rivers, which creates a disease outbreak in a fragile community. Those people who are already at a poverty, poverty level below um, an economic standard that are living on maybe a dollar a day um, and living in with wildlife, uh, all the challenges is that presents and living with disease. So when you get a disease outbreak and uh, that cre- presents even heavier challenges on a poverty-stricken area, poverty and disease are highly, highly linked together. So if we can break that circle in one place and uh, mitigate and help control or at least understand where bacteria is coming from and where the disease vectors are, then we can help protect the people from contracting a variety of diseases such as cholera. Uh, cholera happens every year in Botswana and in Zimbabwe in the flood season. And you've got a um, marginalized or fragile community that really can't afford to lose any more of its members and needs to have access to, uh, pardon me, my phone rang, I thought I turned that off, uh, that needs to have access to medical care, um, economic benefits if they have to be relocated or if they get sick. So um, supporting the Caracal Biodiversity Research Center helps us provide much needed critical funding to understanding uh, disease vector research through both Botswana and Zimbabwe, understanding how tuberculosis moves between people and wildlife and through livestock populations. So it's another way we can mitigate some conflicts. So we talked about lion conflict. Now there's disease conflict. So um, we need your support. In order to make these projects move along, it requires uh, money. It requires funding. Wild Eyes targets specific projects so that we can help understand uh, what's going on in one area so that we can help hopefully duplicate that and uh, re- rebuild it or duplicate it into another area. 
these two areas between Kasani and Victoria Falls are so close together where Wild Horizons Wildlife Trust and Caracal are located that it conjoins in terms of understanding research. So it's not only connected on the wild eye side, it's connected on the ground side. These projects talk to each other. They share research results. They uh, read publications. They publish so it gets out there so that people understand what the research has been. So your support doesn't just end up in a vacuum on the ground. It feeds people. It feeds projects. It protects wildlife and it grows. It grows to help support and protect uh, not only wildlife so far away in Africa, but to protect the web that we all must live with. So during the season of giving back, think about making a donation for yourself uh, or in honor of a friend or a loved one in memory of someone and give the gift that will always give back. Give to Mother Earth. Uh, wild, uh, wild eyes would appreciate your contribution. No matter how large, how small, every little bit helps. And we have a wide variety of projects that you can support and uh, we'll be incredibly thankful for your gift and uh, keep our wild world going. So uh, another project that we're working with, now we're going to run to the other side of the continent, is um, once again, but it deals with water and water quality, but here we are in a desert. The El Molo uh, community up in the northern frontier district of Kenya, the smallest tribe in Kenya. There's maybe 300 of uh, these people left. Wild Eyes is Wild Eyes and me personally, I've been working with the El Molo Gurapao community since 1998 and they are a fabulous community. It just amazes me the perseverance that they have uh, and the ability that they have to keep on going with so little um, and how much they accomplish with little or um, in terms of financial support they make so much happen so i'll talk a little about more of that uh when we come back from the break feel free to call in at 866-472-5788 or give us an email at w-i-l-d-i-z-e at wildeyes.org The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Wildlife. No wild, no life. Big, scary, beautiful. Predators are in danger. Without them, our rivers dry up. Our forests don't grow. Our communities go hungry. Our biodiversity crumbles. Wildlife drives our planet's ecosystems. The wild effect. It's in our hands. Ellie founded Wild Eyes Foundation because she loves Africa and to remind us that there are more harmonious and less destructive ways to live on our planet. She does this so we may be able to look inside ourselves and understand the deeper partnerships that connect us all and to take responsibility for our lives and our Earth. 
Africa is one of our last remaining wild places and the origins of humanity. It is irreplaceable. Africa is at a crossroads, on the brink of possibilities. We can choose to let its wildlife be lost forever, or we can help save it. In Africa, it is still possible to make a difference. Visit us at www.wildeyes.org to learn how you can make a difference. We only have one Earth. If we don't care, who will? W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to Ellie Weiss and Our Wild World. We want to hear from you. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd rather send us an email, please send it to wildeyes at wildeyes.org. That's W-I-L-D-I-Z-E at W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. Now, back to Our Wild World. So it's getting to be Christmas, that spirit uh, and time of year where we all think a little bit more about the rest of the world, our friends, our loved ones, what we can do to give back. So today our wild world is taking you to some of the places and projects that Wild Eyes funds and support with your help in Africa. Uh, we can't do this without you in, in terms of the equation of Project to nonprofit to donor, I think the donor is the most important person. Uh, there's a lot of work that needs to be done out there, and there are a lot of incredible organizations doing it. But none of us can do it without you, um, without your support, without thinking. Um, I know it's tough. I know we have tough economic times. Um, but there's always somebody who's a little worse off than we are. Of course, there's always somebody who's a little better off. But if we start thinking and if we can think a little bit more about this world that supports us, uh, that we need to survive. And this is the time of year to give back. It's incredible, not only from the standpoint that it's the end of year donation time. And you're probably all receiving letters from every organization you've supported and then some. Um, but instead of doing hard mailings, we like to save trees. We, uh, we work through our website, an award-winning website, www.wildeyes.org, where you can find out all about our projects and you'll find a variety of uh, fun ways to get involved and support uh, the work that we're doing. Uh, we help fill that niche for a variety of um, people's passion, anything from uh, disease research to species survival plans to specific species such as lions and rhinos to disease research to poverty alleviation to income generation and micro enterprise to community groups, women groups, um, some health uh, uh, aspects. We are not a health-based organization but we certainly do link up with other organizations that are doing critically important work in alleviating poverty and disease. 
So I was talking about the El Molo uh, Gurupao community group. They live in the northern frontier district of Kenya. That used to be an area that once you crossed that border, you signed in uh, so that people knew you were heading into the hinterlands. Uh, it's an incredible area. The population has increased tremendously, but it's still wide open spaces, and you're heading into the Chalbi Desert and the volcanic flows from uh, the, the great – what the volcanoes that created the Great Rift Valley, but we're even farther north. Uh, we're a little closer to the border of Ethiopia here on the uh, southeastern shore of Lake Turkana, which runs all the way up into Ethiopia. Uh, a huge saltwater, uh, excuse me, not saltwater, alkaline lake that is facing a lot of problems of its own with the uh, Getty Dam that's gone up in Ethiopia, um, the water level is lowering. Um, so that's affecting a lot of people from uh, the southern part of Ethiopia in the Omorate area all the way into the northern part of Kenya, which is where the El Molo uh, people and another group that we work with, the Gabra, live. Small tribes, uh, the El Molo are the smallest tribe in Kenya. They number about 300 people. And I've been working with them since 1998. Uh, they're not only good friends, uh, they're an incredible group of people that have a spirit of perseverance that is unparalleled in terms of a lot of the people and the, the organizations that I work with. And um, so the Elmolo, uh, they're cousins to the Rendili and the Samburu. They dress similarly in terms of the beadwork, but in terms of specific men's or women's roles, they work very closely together as a community, men and women together. Uh, every year um, during after the rains, they get hit with a disease outbreak. We spent 10 years working on getting potable water to this community from the closest town of Loyangalani, um, piped through the desert and uh, put into a huge concrete water storage tank. So now they at least have potable water. And um, what we're working on now is sanitation issues and efforts uh, and waste management. Uh, so the El Molo traditionally just used the lake. Um, and what we're working on building is um, like porta potties, latrines, long drops, so that it will separate the human waste from the water where they make their living. They are a they are not a pastoralist based tribes, which the Rendili and the Samburu are. They are they depend on Lake Turkana for their resources. They are fish eating people, and uh, they are incredible. And they use a lot of the palm and uh, tree and grass resources to make their clothing and uh, they also make um, interesting arts and crafts of which you can find at our Wild Eye Store African Market at our website. They make beautiful baskets and uh, collect in incredible crystals and stones and uh, make necklaces and uh, uh, various items from crocodile teeth and uh, Nile perch bones. So that may not sound so attractive in talking about it, but they put it together in such beautiful ways. And uh, we provide, we 
purchase, I purchase when I visit them from their curio shops, Fair Trade, which supports them economically and gives them much needed money so that they can continue educating their children, buying food. Uh, it's an area that's often hit with drought and then it will be hit with flooding rains. So these people um, don't often get a break in terms of the environment and the habitat they live in. They live in the desert uh, on the volcanic shores of Lake Turkana. It can get up to 126 to 130 degrees there in the hot season. They don't have livestock. They keep chickens and they fish. They are incredible fishermen with the old-fashioned uh, boats, and they go out on the lake every morning and uh, uh, catch for the day. Um, they sell that to the local communities, the people around, the other tribes that live there, which are the Turkana, the Rendili, uh, and the Samburu people. Um, so the Elmolo have chosen to live a lifestyle that is low impact, to say the least. I think I'm underestimating there. But they have chosen uh, to maintain this cultural lifestyle, this low impact lifestyle, and they need some help to maintain that. So your support in purchasing items from our store, specifically from the uh, El Molo, the weavings or the, the dolls that they make or some of the jewelry and the fabulous beadwork, directly helps support these uh, these people, the El Molo Gurupao Community Group. So visit our website. Go visit their page on our website and listen to some of their songs and go to our YouTube channel where we have a, uh, a lot of video from the various trips and the people that I work with and the li- wildlife that I interact with and uh, I'm hoping that you'll give some support this year give back to earth um, we need you we need your help to continue doing what we do um, another way to help is I've mentioned it already is our wild eye store African market where um, I am a shopper extraordinaire. Let me put it that way. I love to shop, but I don't necessarily want to keep it all so part of the reason wild eyes was started was so that I could shop and provide fabulous African art and artifacts to people who are looking for something different, something unique, something beautiful, a beautiful art or a craft, and create a future to hang it in because your support from purchasing an item from our African market does go back into conservation. It either goes back to the community or goes into a project. So anything you purchase from the Wild Ice Store African market available at our website goes right back into conservation. So you're not only finding a great piece of art and artifact and a fabulous little something that for someone special, a gift to give, but you're really helping uh, our projects keep keep going and uh, sometimes this is literally a matter of life and death such as with the El Molo people and in the uh, rainy seasons when disease happens and cholera outbreaks uh, one year I went and I could just tell there was uh, something wrong and I realized there were about 30 members of the community that had um, uh, some had passed on some had to leave and because it was just so bad there and they were trying to find work and income and uh, so I, I make it a point to always shop at the El Molo uh, com- community's uh, curio shop and I bring that back and I make that available to you through the Wild Eyes store. Uh, another way to help is um, uh, you can get a membership. You can become a Wild Eyes Warrior. And uh, as much as I like to avoid the term warrior and uh, 
thinking of war in terms of violence. Let's think of it as peace warriors or echo um, challengers that we want to protect this planet that we live on. We want to keep things going, the wildlife that deserves to live not only from an aesthetic value and an important in terms of enjoyment for us who want to go see it, but for the critical role it plays in our ecosystem, the critical role it provides for um the habitat that it lives in. Without lions or without elephants, the habitat would be incredibly different. Elephants are landscape architects. They they change landscape. Um, the problem now is we have so many people uh, that elephants cannot freely move the way they used to move. So um, they have a tendency to damage landscape at a huge scale because they are a huge animal and we need to be able to offset some of that damage and help the people who live with them. Same thing with lions. We're losing our lions at an unprecedented rate. Uh, not all of it um, can we do something about immediately, but eventually somewhere down the line we do have an effect. Climate change. We can change the way we live on our planet so that other beings who can't make those kinds of decisions, who are not responsible for the consumables, um, have a life. They can't speak for themselves. We had uh, Dr. Barb Shore on a few weeks ago, who speaks for the animals. We all do. We all can provide a little bit of help and that spirit of giving to protect the space and the areas and the habitat where this wildlife lives and help the people who live there uh mitigate the conflict in living with them and it's through the kind of work that Wild Eyes does and the projects that we support through your help that helps accomplish moving conservation forward. So conservation isn't some um, ethereal concept that exists out there. It exists in our minds. It exists in the way we live every day and it exists in the help that we provide to move specific projects forward. So visit our website at www.wildeyes.org and check out some of the projects. Um, become a, mom- uh, a member. We have annual memberships and we have monthly memberships. We call them the big five and the little five. Any little bit helps. It's all affordable and it will go right back into conservation a lot of people wonder where their memberships go, whether it's just going into overhead and printing a, a glossy uh, postcard or annual report. Well, we don't do that. Uh, we don't spend our money um, on creating these kinds of things. We use our e-newsletter and we use our e-blast. So please sign up for our e-newsletter. Uh, we just need your email so that you can stay on top of everything Wild Eyes and uh, learn what we're doing. Uh, the memberships give you uh, special perks some, uh, to our special events. We just had one with uh, Tony Fitzjohn uh, of the Mukamazi Rhino Sanctuary and the Cora Lion Center in uh, Kenya, Mukamazi Mazis in Tanzania, and uh, you can find more about that in on our website by looking up the George Adamson Wildlife Preservation Trust uh, and learn more about the rhino sanctuaries that we're working with, both in Kenya and in Tanzania. And uh, we're on our lead for a break, and when I come back, I'll tell you about another couple of choices of how you can give back. Stimulating 
talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Wildlife. No wild, no life. Big, scary, beautiful. Predators are in danger. Without them, our rivers dry up. Our forests don't grow. Our communities go hungry. Our biodiversity crumbles. Wildlife drives our planet's ecosystems. The wild effect. It's in our hands. Ellie founded Wild Eyes Foundation because she loves Africa and to remind us that there are more harmonious and less destructive ways to live on our planet. She does this so we may be able to look inside ourselves and understand the deeper partnerships that connect us all and to take responsibility for our lives and our Earth. Africa is one of our last remaining wild places and the origins of humanity. It is irreplaceable. Africa is at a crossroads, on the brink of possibilities. We can choose to let its wildlife be lost forever, or we can help save it. In Africa, it is still possible to make a difference. Visit us at www.wildeyes.org to learn how you can make a difference. We only have one Earth. If we don't care, who will? W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Ellie Weiss and Our Wild World. We want to hear from you. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd rather send us an email, please send it to wildeyes at wildeyes.org. That's W-I-L-D-I-Z-E at W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. Now, back to our wild world. And it's that time of year of giving where we all start thinking about how we can give back, how we can um, do something for the others that we love in our life. For me, that's wildlife and the people I work with in Africa. And uh, the work that we do is critically important, but we can't do it without you, without your help, without your support. Um, support is means a lot of things. You can volunteer. You can go on a safari. We had um, a couple of guests there that with lifenetnature.org where you can go on a walking safari or volunteer. We have a variety of projects that you could get involved in. Uh, you just need to contact Wild Eyes Foundation at W-I-L-D-I-Z-E at wildeyes.org or visit our website at www.wildeyes.org and check out some of our projects. Another really fun way besides becoming a monthly or annual member to support the work that we do. Uh, you can support a specific project. Just visit our website. You'll see the, the buttons there that you can click on, and it shows you a variety of ways to get involved, um, from giving your old shoes so that we can do our shoes and boots for rangers program to uh, clothing that we ship out and get to the community groups after they've had a particularly hard time. But a more fun way that everybody can join in on, especially your friends, 
to enjoy the spirit of holiday is to raise a glass of wine. Let's talk about another kind of spirits there. So if you enjoy the uh, the alcoholic spirit for your holiday, we now have our Wild Eyes Wines. So um, we're partnered with a fabulous organization, company, called Char- Charity Wines, who provide wines uh, and the, the selling ability for the alcohol. Uh, we don't sell alcohol here through the foundation. That's the link through Charity Wines. And we create, um, we created our own, uh, label of wines. We have six bottles, three reds and three whites, and it all supports wildlife. Uh, I think the average bottle is around $20, and, um, 40% of that comes to Wild Eyes Foundation. So, um, go to benefitwines.com, keyword or type in Wild Eyes, and then check out our fabulous collection. So you can order from one bottle or you can create a gift set um, of a variety of the different bottles, all one kind bottle or reds and whites mixed together. And uh, we have two labels, the Winos for Rhinos, in which the, the proceeds fund our rhino conservation in both Tanzania at the Mukamazi Rhino Sanctuary, uh, directed by Tony Fitzjohn, um, and uh, the Ngulia Rhino Sanctuary in Kenya, just across the border. And then we hope to be able to, in the future, be become uh, begin supporting the Solio Rhino Sanctuary in the Laikipia area of Kenya where it's the breeding ground and I think I talked about that as a fabulous place to visit for black and white rhino um, it's highly secure and it's where a lot of the rhino are being restocked from uh, as a result of the breeding program at uh, Solio Lodge so we have our winos for rhinos that uh, as I said the money supports rhino conservation and everything from providing fences to ranger support to anti-poaching teams to um, the electricity the generators the solar panels and the radios the on the ground nuts and bolts that make rhino conservation happen that's where your support goes um, uh, we also have our uh, Born to be Wild label, which supports the big cat conservation that we're doing. Um, each uh, label is a, an original photograph by me. Um, I am a renowned wildlife photographer. Uh, you can check out more of my photography and my images and purchase an image as a gift through our website and our galleries. And uh, just check out our website and see what we've got going on there. And while you're there, go to BenefitWines.com and support Wild Eyes Foundation with a bottle or two of wine. We've got our Mud Bowl Malbec and our Born to Rule Pinot Noir. And uh, we had a lot of fun creating these labels. And as I said, each one has an original image by Ellie Weiss. And uh, it supports wildlife conservation. It's a way to give, get something for what you give, and give back. So it's that time of year. It's a happy holiday season. So let's spread the joy and let's spread it around and do something for our earth, that which supports us, that which we need to live. As our motto is, we have only one earth. If we don't care, 
who will. So um, ever since I put that as my motto on uh, with Wild Eyes Foundation uh, about 20 years ago, everywhere I go in Africa now that Wild Eyes works, um, they always bring that back to me. I've seen it on carved in a few buildings and painted on some signs. So the message is getting out there. The world is changing. We are at that paradigm shift where we can make a difference. And we need you. Each one of us can make a difference in how the world moves forward and how we want to see what animals we choose to have and live with on this planet, especially the predators. Here in the West, we've done a pretty good job of getting rid of a lot of them, the wolves, the mountain lions. We've got the bears left, but in Africa, we still have these this magnificent, magnificent wildlife that is not only aesthetically beautiful, it cre- performs a critical function in the way our world works. It performs a critical function in the economy of these countries where they live and with the people who live in concert and conflict with them. If the wildlife disappears, okay, the tourist industry can collapse. I'm not trying to fill you with bad news here. I'm trying to help you understand the web that's connected, not only ecologically in terms of the circle that our planet is and the systems that support each other, but it works in the on the human level of the economics, and I talked about the economics of conservation, and we need your help. We need your support. Um, without you, I really think the donor is the most important point in this whole equation of conservation. Uh, without your support, we can't help bring access, research, tools, information, education to communities that are desperately wanting this, that are desperately reaching out and asking for help. Wild Eyes doesn't go in and say, okay, we're going to go do this for you. We're, we reach out to community communities and they reach out back to me. They contact Wild Eyes Foundation with a project, with an idea that they think has value and that will help their lives continue, not only in terms of wildlife conflict, but in terms of micro-enterprise or income-generating projects, health, research. So um, it's worth our time and our effort to reach out reach back and connect and support these projects which will make a huge difference on the on the way in the way that our planet moves forward in um our psyches and knowing that these wild places are there that they can exist for the uh need that we have for them to think about it to know that there is wildness left on our planet so visit our website, www.wildeyes.org. Uh, click on some of our projects. Donate today uh, to a specific project or to just keep Wild Eyes going. Shop our African market where you find a great piece of art and help create a future to hang it in. Or buy a bottle of wine through BenefitWines.com and support Wild Eyes' con- lion conservation and rhino conservation efforts in Africa. So um, I guess that's it today. Uh, next week I'll talk about a few more projects to get involved in we'd love to hear from you um, either through via email at wildize at wildize.org or through our website you can contact us there spend a little time visit 
Africa um, through the website. It's an award-winning website. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on the iRadio blog and other social networking sites like LinkedIn. We have some great discussions going on over there. So until next week, enjoy your wild world and have a happy holiday. And we hope that you'll give back to the world and keep it wild. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Be sure to tune in next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Our Wild World with your host, Ellie Weiss, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think about living with wildlife during the coming week and what you can do right now. 